Well, welcome to Graceway Baptist Church and our midweek service. Thank you for tuning in. We believe it's always good to gather. We believe it's always good to hear the Word of God, to think on the Word of God. And uh, one of the things that I'm absolutely certain about is the messenger may be inept, but the message is very good because the message is Scripture. And God speaks through His Word, and He speaks perfectly through His perfect Word. And I'm always excited about that because I may stammer and stutter, and I may have a hard time getting a truth across, but God never does. And so time in His Word is always, always, always a good thing. Um, I also want to encourage you, as I do every week, to go to gracewayokc.org and go up under the events tab. And when it drops down, go to the newsletter there and you can keep up with things that are going on in the church. There may be some events that come up that you might want to be a part of. And uh, every once in a while, I'll see something for really old people in our church. And uh, it reminds me to pray for those really old people, the senior adults in our church. And then uh, my wife reminds me that I'm in that group now. And uh, that's hard to take sometimes, isn't it? I don't really feel like I'm all that old, but the calendar and the mirror and pictures say otherwise. But uh, even if you're not, even if it's something for the youth or for the children, you can certainly be intercessors, prayer warriors about all of that because it's important. You can also find some things in there that are coming up that you might say, uh, hey, I'd kind of like to be involved in that. And we can always use workers and volunteers. And so, uh, uh, you know, look at, the, look at those things as maybe there's a place where you could help out. You can also see the financial things in there and you can look and go, ooh, the offering was a little low this week. Maybe I ought to give a little extra and kind of help it catch up. And I appreciate your giving. And especially through the pandemic and everything, you've done a great job with all of that. I'm sure there's always room for improvement. We want everybody to get in on the blessings of being a generous giver to the Lord's work. And you can mail it in or you can give online. Or when you're attending services here, you can put it in the box that is outside the doors uh, in the foyer. And uh, you can also look for the prayer list on there. And you can see people that have ongoing prayer needs, you know, and, and it may be something that they put in there six, eight weeks ago, maybe even a year ago, but it's an ongoing problem and it doesn't get mentioned every week, but it's still mentioned on there. You would do well to keep up with that. And you can keep up with some of the latest things that are on the prayer list. We update it weekly, so it's not a daily thing or anything like that, but we do try to keep it up every week. So a um, couple of things just to pray about. Um, pray for Nancy Elkins. Uh, this day that I'm recording this was the day of Brother Steve's funeral, and we're going to miss him, and she's really going to miss him. So pray for her and pray for his brother and sister and other people in the family that all of them will walk with God and have a right relationship with the Lord. Some of them need to be saved. And also uh, pray for Diana Long. Monday night, she uh, fell and broke her ankle and had to have surgery on it. She's not going to be able to put any weight on that for eight weeks, if you can imagine. And so uh, it, was a, it was a really bad break. So pray for her and lift her up before the Lord. And there are others on there that you'll want to look at and be praying for as often as the Lord would have you do it. Well, we've been going through various psalms for quite a while now on Wednesday nights. 
And uh, we're going to go to Psalm 2. So turn to the second Psalm. <coughs> the Hebrew National Hymn Book, as some people say. And um, the title of the message is just one word. Why? We have a lot of whys. Boy, toddlers drive you crazy with whys. And I remember uh, back when my niece Amy was probably about two, and she would uh, run around with me just about anywhere. It was after church, she would find me, and I'd be locking up doors and things like that, and she wanted to do that with me. And if I were running any errands or something like that, she wanted to go. And she went through this phase and uh, I've seen others do this. My own kids did this to some degree, but nobody like her. For everything that was said, she would respond with, why? 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 You know, and you finally get to the point to say, I'm not answering anymore. You need to quit it. Why? You know, it, it's, it never ends. And um, yet it's a good question. Why? Sometimes we need to look around at the world that we live in and we need to ask the question, why? Why is life the way that it is? Why do events happen the way that they happen? I am um, real concerned right now and a little bit upset, just to be honest. As you know, I'm a military brat, so I've got a soft spot for military personnel and their mission and what all they do and the way they risk their lives and and uh, especially for the families of those who have uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice. And wars like we just had in Afghanistan and wars like Vietnam really, really bother me. Because when I look at that, I think, why? 20 years for what? I mean, Oklahoma alone in the Afghanistan war, we lost 49 people. And uh, some of those are people that my brother knows. My brother was getting ready to be deployed in Afghanistan, and then he had a heart attack and then had to get a medical discharge from the army. And so he didn't go, but he knows some people that died over there. And so he's really thinking about, did they die in vain? And there's a part that goes, no. There's another part that goes, I don't know how to answer that question, not after 20 years and now the Taliban has Afghanistan again. What, what was the point? Why? with all of that. You ever done that? Same thing I think about Vietnam. My dad went over and spent a year in Vietnam during the war, and uh, he had his life endangered in, in uh, several occasions. And I'm thankful that he came back and he wasn't wounded or anything. Um, but you wonder why. Why 58,000 men gave their lives in Vietnam only to have the communists take it over when we withdrew? Why? And there are a lot of things in life that are unanswerable. And some things we're just going to have to wait and be comfortable with an I don't know, just trust God. And that's hard for me, and I'm sure it's hard for some of you. But what else are you going to do? Because you can't go anywhere else but to the Lord. And uh, some of these questions are going to be answered someday. Some of them are answered as you mature in Christ. There are some things I feel like I have the answers to and understand better now at 61 than I did at 22. Some of them come by life experiences. There are some things that even lost people can give you some wisdom about and some understanding about, uh, not spiritual things, but other things, and they can help you to make sense of it. 
And then uh, some of it is going to come as we read the Word of God and we begin to understand what it says. I'm still, after all these years, reading portions of the Word of God. And when I read it, it's like I know that I've read that a hundred times, but it's like I'm seeing it for the very first time. And it's fresh and it's new and it ministers to my spirit and it gives me answers that I need. And then there are some answers that we're just not going to get until we get to heaven. The old hymn says, trials dark on every hand and we cannot understand all the ways that God would lead us to the blessed promised land, but we'll travel till we die. And then there's something else in there that I just forgot. And it says, finishes up by saying, we will understand it better by and by. Some of you wordsmiths will fill that in for me. And that is certainly true. Some things are going to make sense when we see the whole plan of God all come to fruition and put together like a wonderful tapestry. And we see where we fit into that. And uh, that's going to be a glorious time. The Bible says we will know even as we are known. And that gives me great comfort because I know that God knows me completely. And he says, I'm going to know even as I am known. And so if I'm wrong about that, I'll apologize to you in heaven. Uh, Now we get to Psalm chapter 2. And the verses tell us, verse 1, Why do the nations rage? And why do the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords for us. You know, that got me to thinking, why do governments seem to head the wrong way with very few exceptions? Have you ever noticed people grab power? And the old saying that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. You know, that's true wherever it's tried. It's always been a problem. Why, do, why does that happen? Why can't people just do what's right? Why can't they have the best interest of the nation, the best interest of people at heart. Another question I thought of, why do candidates run as conservatives and govern as liberals? You know, we may look at them, and uh, since we're in red state Oklahoma, I'm fairly safe in saying this, but we look at somebody and say, that's a person that believes in the Constitution, that's a person that is, um, you know, like me, And uh, boy, they'll be a good person. Have you ever noticed that liberals never complain about their judges or their senators or their congressperson or anybody like that, that man, at one time they were a left-wing liberal and now they've gone to the right. I've never heard that happen. But man, do we ever have the problem of those who were elected with a conservative uh, agenda and ideology and they start heading to the left. Why does stuff like that happen? Why do judges get seated on the Supreme Court and they seem like they're good, logical, common sense, constitutional, moral people until they start ruling? And all of a sudden, what happened? And why did they join with that group? It, it's perplexing, isn't it? Another question. Why does the press give cover to lawbreakers and politicians and attack others without facts. Isn't it interesting 
they will protect and cover their own, won't they? And we look at this and say, what about freedom of the press? What about objective journalism and all of that? Well, I think probably you've noticed that's been dead for some time now. But you wonder, why, why does that happen? Why isn't there somebody out there who wants to investigate and wants to tell the truth instead of cover up things or just ignore them? And here's another question. Why has common sense become so uncommon? You know, my dad used to say the best education of all is getting common sense. Well, I guess we would have to call it uncommon sense now. Oh, to be fair, everybody thinks they have it and very few people do. Why has common sense become so uncommon? And why is it there's so much now that just you can't figure it out? And you look at it and you say, what was the reasoning behind all of this? What did you think was going to happen? I sort of have that with the Afghanistan thing. And I want to say to our president, what, what were you expecting? What did you think was going to happen? And um, it happened very, very quick, did it? But that's true about so many other things. I wonder with the transgender movement, and now that um, you have in athletic contests, biological men who identify as women and they are participating in these sports. And now the women are starting to say, wait a minute, this isn't fair. He's really a man. Well, what did you expect to happen when you started doing all of this and um, allowing all of this and applauding all of this? Kind of makes you, hmm, what's going on here? And then here's another question. Why do we fight 20-year wars with no favorable result? You know, that, that's one of those things that I've already mentioned and alluded to. I'm obviously repeating myself with Afghanistan, but do you ever wonder why? Why does that ever seem like a good idea? Why isn't it that somebody called for the withdrawal of our troops? I mean, if this is the way it's going to be, why didn't we do this 15 years ago? Some of these things don't make sense. Uh, Another question, why do both political parties in the United States seem to be headed the same direction? You know, it seems like whether you're, you're a Republican or Democrat, we always start accommodating socialism and we start accommodating immorality and liberal philosophies and high debt and, you know, all of those kind of things. And it's like there are two trains that are headed down different tracks to the same destination. One party is just going a little slower than the other, but they're both headed the same way. Where does this come from? Why does this kind of stuff happen? Another question is, why are so many world leaders, why do so many world leaders seem to hold to the same failed and flawed ideology? You ever wondered about that? You know, I even think even further about um, the Muslim religion. You know, they, uh, in Iran, they take homosexuals and they push them off of roofs to their death. When I think about uh, the way they make women dress, and when I think about the uh, abuse of women and all of that, why would liberals ever go against Christianity, which has been the cause for liberating and elevating the status of women from old times. 
to embrace a religion that tries to kill and enslave everything that they say is precious. It doesn't make any sense to me until I read these verses. Because when I look at this, I think Steve Lawson is right when he says, and I quote, the human race is united in its rebellious rebellion against God's rule, a revolt that was climaxed at the first coming of Jesus Christ. And that's where we really saw it come to a head. But nonetheless, it's still true and it's still in operation. And it answers all of these questions that I've asked and more. So let's go to uh, point number one, the real question to ask. Now, when the psalmist writes this, and in the book of Acts, this is attributed to David, so we'll go with that. It says in verse 1, Why do the nations rage? Think about all of the anger that's in the world. Think about all the wars and the fighting. Jesus told us that until he comes, there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. Why? There's always somebody ticked off. There's always somebody angry. There's always somebody who wants what somebody else has. There's always somebody who's jealous of somebody else and wanting to take advantage of weakness or something like that. They're angry, angry people, and we live in an angry world. You know, it doesn't take much anymore to get people to go out and riot in the streets and to destroy property, does it? It can even be a celebration of a championship. And for some reason, people feel the need to smash windows, burn cars, and all kinds of things like that. And when you try to talk to people, have you ever tried to reason with an angry person? They don't. They're unreasonable. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, anger resides in the bosom of fools. Well, now there is a real reason that I can't reason with them. It's not because they're angry. It's because they're a fool. And you can't rationalize and reason with a fool. That's a hard thing. Well, notice we're living in a world of fools, aren't we? To quote the Bee Gees, I think they said that. Why do the nations rage? Well, they're angry and they're foolish. Nothing makes sense. And it says, and the people plot vain things. Now, when I look at that, I realize what David is asking is, not why are they doing this, but why would they do this when everything they are plotting is vain? You know, they say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Well, brothers and sisters, that's what the devil does all the time. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, right? And that's what world rulers have done since the beginning of nations, what do they do? The same thing over and over and over. Grab power, grab wealth, conquer other lands. On and on and on it goes. And David is saying, this is stupid. Why? Because it's a vain thing. Why are they wasting their time plotting all of these things that are coming to vanity? The word plotting means a plan made in secret by a group of people to do something illegal or harmful. Well, that's what David's talking about. What are they trying to do? Destroy the people of God and destroy everything that has to do with God and what's right and get rid of their um, competitors and, you know, have power and grab power for themselves. I mean, that's 
Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini and Tojo. And I mean, we could go on and on and on, couldn't we? And it's still happening today. And I'll make a prediction now that even since we've talked about um, the Taliban, you need to pray for your brothers and sisters in Afghanistan because the Taliban is going to kill every Christian that they can in there now. You need to pray for them. And when you think about what is going on in our history with the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and, um, you know, all of those, folks, they're going to be back. And as they are emboldened, what are they going to do? They're going to see us as, you know, we can attack them and yeah, they may respond, but just hold back and wait. They'll eventually leave. And I think we're just inviting that to happen. And all of this is going on and yet they don't realize that whatever you do, whatever you uh, pain you inflict, whatever territory you gain, whatever may happen, it's going to come to a screeching halt one day because Jesus is going to return. And in fact, he may bring it to a screeching halt even before he returns because he's still the sovereign one who rules and reigns. Ask Hitler, how long, Mr. Hitler, did your thousand-year Reich or government last? Not very long comparatively did it because God brought it to a screeching halt. And so we need to remember that. And so it's only the believer that we ask why from a different reason. We see the world and they ask why in an angry way that says basically, how dare you as they shake their fist in the face of God? Well, we're perplexed by some of the same things that perplex them. And we ask why. It's not wrong to question God. But ours is not a how dare you justify yourself thing. Ours is, Lord, I know you rule. I know you reign. I know you have a purpose and I know you're good. Help me understand this. Give me insight into all of this. Completely different way to ask the question. So the plotting here is a group of evil people plotting evil and illegal and harmful things. And David says that they're vain. And the word vain in the Old Testament means empty. I had a Sunday school teacher that said, think of it as blowing soap bubbles. Remember that thing? You put it in the bottle and you would blow it and the bubble comes out. And then what happens? Pop, it's gone. It's nothing. That's what the word vain means. And there are some people throughout history that some of them I don't know and I've never heard of that were very powerful, very prominent in their day. There are others that I do know about that some of you would know about, but most of you would go, who? What are we talking about? Because they've been long gone and passed off of the scene. In fact, we could go into a park that has statues that are made in memorial to people. And you know what we have to do? You do the same thing I do if you care. You're walking by and you go, man, I wonder who that was. And you have to go and read the little plaque. Say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, to make it fit with my point, that was a person that didn't need a plaque when they first put his statue up. That's a person that was famous. You see, there's going to come a time when someone's going to say the name Elvis and somebody's going to go, Elvis who? Who are you talking about? Because people pass off the scene and those that are mighty and powerful and popular and uh, their, their name is on the 
tongue of every person on the face of the earth. Well, not for long. It doesn't take very long to be forgotten, does it? <clears throat> and so the Bible says this is an empty thing. They attempt to defy the Lord in vanity, in emptiness. Oh, and by the way, when they gather together secretly to plot all these things, they may fool us, but they're not fooling an all-knowing God, are they? Now, secondly, notice that there is a very real alliance of evil. We're not just talking about a conspiracy theory. You know, all my life I've heard about there's this secret group of five Illuminati that are controlling everything. Well, apparently uh, not. But the verse here, verse uh, 2, it says, The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together. So this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is the inerrant, infallible word of God. This is reality. And it's amazing how many of these people around the world and the heads of state and all of that are different countries, how many of them, they should be against each other, and yet they're all together and they're woke now, aren't they? And all of these weird and radical things that we thought, oh, that'll never happen, are being embraced by nations all over the world. It's amazing how the scripture is fulfilled. It's diabolical. And by that I mean it's satanically inspired. Think of the corruption of those who want to gain and keep power. You know, it's interesting, they take over an island, a poor island like Cuba, and yet not everybody's poor. The people that lead the communist government there are very wealthy. The people in China, you know, are doing probably better now than they've done in a long time, but <clears throat> who is it that's rich? The people that run the corporations that are in bed with the government, and the people that are in the government, well, they find a way to always have everything that they need. Venezuela, people were scrounging for toilet paper and eating roadkill and killing zoo animals. Breaks my heart because I've been to Venezuela and I've preached there and I think about those people and think about Enrique Montoya who has preached in our church and wonder what they're going through now. But I promise you, the people that are running the country, they're not eating roadkill. They're not going through all of that. They're doing very, very well. Haiti, the same way. All of these poor countries, North Korea, we could go on and on and on. It's because there's corruption. They don't really rule injustice. They don't really rule for the good of the people. And it's a sad thing when someone goes into the Senate or the House of Representatives and they go in a middle-class person and then they come out a multimillionaire. Does that make you wonder what's going on? Not if just one person does it. That would be one thing. But when multiples begin to do it, you just have to say something in the milk ain't white. Well, that's what we're reading about here. And also, how many have wanted to rule the world? You know, Hitler wanted to, didn't he? People like Charlemagne and others like that wanted to rule the world, right? And that's something that Christ is going to do. And these people always step up saying, I'll be the Messiah. I'll do what Christ couldn't do. And they look at Christ's first coming, his first advent as a failure. Well, he tried, but he couldn't do it. 
If you're as old as I am, you remember when that was a Lay's potato chip commercial, right? And they look at Jesus like that. He tried. He gave it a valiant attempt, but he couldn't do it. And the mob took him and crucified him on the cross, and that was the end of it. But now, now I'm here to do it and to do it right. I'm going to rule the world. I'm going to be the new Messiah. And they don't understand why Jesus came and what he did. Peter says that this psalm describes the crucifixion in the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 25 through 27. And uh, he says when he's preaching there, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed or the word anointed could also be translated Christ. For truly in this city, there were gathered, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles, the Romans, and the peoples of Israel. All of them were involved in the crucifixion of Christ, weren't they? Thirdly, I want you to notice the real target. It says that it's against the Lord and against his anointed, his Christ. And like Lucifer, they want to overthrow God. And the real enemy in Ephesians chapter 6, the demons of hell, that's whom we fight against, right? And they are the ones that want to overthrow Christ. They're behind <coughs> this conspiracy. So the real target is Christ. Even at the end times, John writes in Revelation 19, 19, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse, that's Christ, and against his army. It's always about Jesus. It's always against Jesus. And so when someone takes something and tries to change morality or they try to change um, tradition or something like that, when you push it far enough, what is the real target? And there are some people today that think that by changing traditions in America, they will eventually get back to our religion. They'll get back to the church. They'll get back to morality. They'll get back to um, the motto, in God we trust. And it just galls them that we still have all of that. In fact, uh, someone said one time that in Washington, D.C., if you tried to destroy all of the scriptural engravings on monuments and federal buildings, it would take you 40 years. Well, I don't know about that, but I know it would take a long time. And I know that all of these years of liberalism, they still haven't been able to wipe that out of the American conscience, have they? Number four, and we'll finish with this, the real reason. What are they really wanting to do? And uh, David says, verse three, they're saying, let us break their bonds. Well, who's there? Well, it just said they're rising up against the Lord and his anointed. And so those are the bonds they want to break, the bonds of the Lord. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. So if there is referring back to the Lord and his people, what are they really saying? When they look at us and we say, oh, wouldn't it be great if everybody worshiped the Lord and just followed the scripture? These people say, not on your life. We feel enslaved. We feel entrapped. We feel in bondage by your Bible and by its laws 
and by its morality, by your God, and they don't want anything to do it, do with it. What they really want to do is to break the cords in pieces, and they want to cast away their cords from us. Break them and get rid of them. We don't even want to remember them anymore because we've got our own agenda. And when you think about what all they do, then it helps you to understand that uh, the restraint that the Lord has put upon evil, they hate it. The devil can't do everything he wants to do, and his followers can't do everything that they would like to do. Their plans are much bigger than what they're actually able to carry out, and you better thank God for that. But the Apostle Paul says there's coming a day when the restrainer is going to be taken out of the way. And he's going to say to them, go for it, have at it, do what's ever in your heart. You see, when Judas betrayed the Lord, all the Lord had to do was take away the restraint that kept him from doing it. That's what was in his heart. Satan had filled his heart, right? When you think about end times and you think about the beast, the Antichrist, what is it that he's going to do? The Lord's just going to take away the restraints. And if today the Lord took away the restraints from world leaders maybe even including our own, I don't know, you would be absolutely shocked and dismayed and fearful and horrified at what they're able to pull off. They would make Hitler look like a Sunday school picnic. And Hitler would have been worse than he actually was except for the restraint of the Lord. And David said that's what they want to get rid of. They want to be able to do whatever they want to do. So if God made me a man, then I'll show him I'll become a woman. If God says that homosexuality is wrong, then I'll just say, in your face, I'll do what I want to do. And corruption and the violation of ethics and all of those kind of things are seen everywhere, everywhere we turn. What is wrong with people? Why do they not want order? Why do they not want justice? Why do they? Because they've got their own agenda. And it's not just the people that rule in Washington and London and places like that. It's also in the hood. What do you think a drug lord really is wanting? It's the same thing that is going on here. It's also in Hollywood. What do you think those people really want and what they're really trying to do when they make blasphemous, immoral, ungodly motion pictures? They want to philosophize you. What do you think the music industry is doing? What do you think is the agenda behind all of this? Well, you find it in Psalm 2. And this is a call to arms and a call to prayer for believers. Because if we don't step up, and if we don't fight the battle the way the Lord told us to fight the battle, then you're going to be surprised at how fast everything is going to unravel. Why? Because they've been conspiring for a long, long time. And the devil, his mouth is watering for this. He wants this more than he wants anything else. And every time a little bit of restraint is removed, he advances and advances very quickly. And there's only one thing that will stop him, and that is the truth of the Word of God and the gospel proclaimed by believers like you and like me as we pray and as we put our armor on and as we stand against him. So something to think about. This psalm is going to be a good one for us. And I pray that the Lord will bless you and we will look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Come to Sunday school, come to church, come prayed up, come ready, come to Sunday night and hear Paul Tripp 
and fellowship together uh, as we do this for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for your time.